Well, we're going to launch into a new series that I've entitled Healer. And I want you to watch this video. I was diagnosed with colitis, ulcerative colitis is what they called it. Um, it's a condition where there are just, there are little ulcers um, or sores basically on the inside, the lining of the colon, and it causes just extreme pain. It would bed bound me basically, and uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't move. <laughs> you know, the only thing I could do was kind of curl up in the fetal position and and stay there as still as I possibly could. I mean, there was even times where I would move my foot and it would just start it all again. God gave me a word about three years into it that it was only for a time. And, and that was my lifeline. I, I could only cling on that. And um, about two years after that, um, we had a service in the evening and I got um, to, to go up for prayer and um, was laid hands on and, and prayed over and um, the Lord spoke to me clearly and said it's finished it was a year to the day that God gave me the word that it was finished and every single one of those test results came back normal there was no inflammation there were no ulcers all the blood work was normal there were no signs of colitis and the doctor just said well I guess you can stop taking your medicine because it's not doing anything for you so that, that was it. God healed me. He gave me clear and concise confirmation. Well, I have, um, for the past few, five years, been um, progressively getting worse with my knees. I have arthritis in both knees, and it's the literally bone on bone. That Sunday, he called for... Um, people to come up with leg problems or knee problems, he specifically said. And my friend in the pew with me looked at me and went, he's calling you. <laughs> and I'm going to pray. And when I pray, you're going to feel something. It felt like a warmthness kind of just flow through my body and right to my knees. And, and like I said, the moment he touched me and I went down, and they, he said, get her back up. And it was just like, I could have jumped. I mean, they helped me, but I felt like, wow, I could. This was easy. That's real. I, it was just gone. It was, it was, it was like being an out-of-body experience, but it, yet in your body, and you were just—I was just like wanting to touch him, and I could feel heat from him, and, and I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> this is really weird." Friends and family have noticed. You know, um, I was at my. Um, sister and brother-in-law's a, a weekend ago and, and my brother-in-law Brian said wow you're walking better I go yeah I got healed and he was like what <laughs> maybe it's the vitamin D you're taking I went no I got healed 
Maybe not. I want you to open your Bible to Isaiah chapter 61 this morning. Isaiah chapter 61 is where we are going for a few minutes. Let me just say again to all of our guests who are here, thanks for coming. We are glad you're here to celebrate with us, no matter if it is for the baptism, perhaps membership. We believe God brought each and every person here, and we're glad to see you today. We hope you come back. Isaiah 61 I could dive into all of this chapter. It is so powerful and so good, but I'm going to restrain myself and just extract from the first two verses for the purposes of this message. Verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Father God, we thank you today for this awesome time that we can be in your house. And most importantly, in your presence, we've come today to celebrate you. And now... We celebrate your word. Your word is life. Your word is a map to us. It's light to our feet. It's light to our path. And I pray, God, that what you have sent your word to do, let that be done. Transform our lives by the power of your word. We pray it and give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Come on, if you want to be transformed by the word, just give me a good strong amen. Amen. Don't you thank God for his word? Amen. I wonder, could we just take about 30 seconds and celebrate God's word today? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Just help me just for a few seconds. It's the word of God. There's no other book like this. There's no other book that has been able to withstand throughout the years. The word of God is it's just powerful. It's awesome. I love it. I love reading it. I love hearing it. I love somebody teaching it to me. Amen. I want to just give God thanks today for his healing power. I wonder, do you believe that God still heals? Let me take a survey and see if anybody, you still believe that God still heals. Amen. I ask because, believe it or not, there are plenty of Christians who really don't believe in that. There are a whole sect of people who believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are spoken of in 1 Corinthians um, are not in operation today, and they ceased. This group of people are cessationists. They believe that the gifts cease. I beg to differ. <laughs> in fact, I know that they have not ceased. I know that they continue on today. I stand before you as a living testimony that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still active today. They're still for us today and can be received by any Christ follower who desires the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Come on, Rose, shout me down in the back row. Mm, Well, thank you. We believe that here. We have experienced that here. I am living proof of God's healing 
I have testified often here at the Palmer Christian Center of two significant, supernatural really, two supernatural healings that have happened for me. Never mind everything else that God has done and all the other healings that have come. I, I, I highlight two because they were so life-changing for me, but he's healed me numerous times, and I thank him for it. I've told this test, these testimonies so often that many in the church could probably tell them for me better than I could tell them myself. So excuse me for those who have heard it often, but I vowed to God, Al, that I would continue to tell what he's done for me because what God has done for me is special, it's unique, it's powerful. It is my testimony, and it is the pattern that I see in the New Testament. I'm about to pass the microphone to somebody, I have a feeling. I didn't get that, but it, it's March. Oh, come on. It's March, and I usually wait closer to the 27th. But since it's March and we're preaching or we're hearing about healing, I want to give my testimony this morning because I made a vow almost 14 years ago when... The world told us, the doctors told us to go home because I had miscarried yet another baby. And I went home and I told Elliot and Butler and we mourned and people sent flowers and I stayed home from work. And we suffered in our human, human family the loss of yet another baby. In about a week we went to the doctors to scheduled the DNC to completely take care of things and Steve and the kids were waiting on me and as I came out of the doctor's office I remember looking at Steve telling him that the doctor did not think that this child had died and we were so confused and we had to go away for a week to a conference and she said, you just go to that conference and if things happen, then you'll know. But if not, when you come back home, we're going to do an ultrasound and we're going to see what's going on. And we came home from the conference and let me tell you, in the emergency room, when the doctors told me that I had lost the baby, there was no heartbeat, there was no child to be found. But when we came back from the conference, as big as life, there was this little peanut just swimming for all to get out inside of me. And God, I believe God restored and he healed. And now 14 years later, we still have our daily pay. And it was such a miracle. Such a miracle. I know God heals because I'm reminded of it every day when I look in her face. And I'm thankful for his healing touch. Awesome, awesome. God is our healer. I was supernaturally healed of epilepsy. I was supernaturally healed of two ruptured discs, two herniated discs in my back. This I've told often. The thing I haven't highlighted, however, was two men who were used in my healing. One I've talked about, Billy Burke. How many have ever been here when Billy Burke's been here? I'm telling you, when Billy Burke comes, you have to really buckle your seatbelt. You know what I mean? He's, he's, <laughs> how do I describe Billy Burke? 
He's flamboyant. He is, um, he's just larger than life. But he's anointed. I believe there's a healing anointing on him. Well, I know this because he prayed for me about right here, and I was healed. My back was healed, completely healed. But uh, Bob Curry was the other gentleman that was used when I was healed of epilepsy. Bob Curry, great, great man, big as life heart. He was a guest speaker at a little Methodist church, and they asked the group that I was a part of, they asked us to come and sing. Now, it was a Methodist church that was not Pentecostal. They didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they invited a Pentecostal preacher and a gospel group that was all Pentecostal. Bob Curry called and said he felt God wanted to heal some people, and I responded to the altar call. And that day, God healed me of epilepsy. I know what I'm speaking of. I thank God for his healing power, and I also thank God that he uses people to actually carry his healing to others. Today, I want to speak to you about agents of healing. Agents of healing. Bob Curry and Billy Burke were both agents of healing. They carried the healing of God to me. God is the healer. I want to make this very, very clear to everyone today. I have no ability whatsoever in myself to heal anyone. God is our healer. He is the one that still heals today. God healed throughout the Old Testament. We see Jesus healing in the New Testament. We see the followers of Jesus uh, offering healing, carrying healing to other people throughout the New Testament. In the early church and throughout history, we have seen agents of healing bringing God's healing to people who are hurting and are in need of healing. God still heals today. And he's looking for agents of healing. I wonder if he could find it here today. I wonder if he could find it in your row today. I wonder if he could find it in your seat today. Agents of healing. Two thoughts I want to leave you with today before you leave. First of all, Jesus is our example. Jesus is the one we follow. And Jesus was an agent of healing. Jot down just a few things that I believe will be helpful to you. First of all, Jesus was an agent of healing. Jesus actually started his earthly ministry. We see this in Luke chapter 4. You may want to open your Bible there and just see this for yourself. Luke chapter 4, Jesus starts his earthly ministry by quoting this text out of Isaiah 61. Jesus had just returned from the wilderness where he spent 40 days in the wilderness fasting and praying and being tempted by the devil. But Jesus successfully resisted the enemy. Jesus successfully resisted temptation and he came out of the wilderness empowered by the Holy Spirit, ready to preach, 
ready to teach, and ready to heal. Look at Luke chapter 4 and verse number 14. Then Jesus returned. He returned from the wilderness. He returned from the temptation. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Now look down at verse number 17 there in Luke chapter 4. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. In other words, somebody handed him their version of the Bible. They had, they had the scroll, and they had the Old Testament. They had teaching of the Old Testament. They handed him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when Jesus opened the scroll, he searched and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal. I want you to especially notice this today. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then Jesus closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. I like that part right there. Don't miss that part. Jesus just closed it, gave it back, and sat down. Isn't that awesome? The eyes of all who were in the synagogue are fixed on Jesus. And then Jesus began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, what you've just heard me read has been fulfilled. Jesus started his earthly ministry. He went on from that to then heal many, heal the blind, heal the lepers, raise people from the dead. But he started by making a declaration. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And part of the anointing on Jesus was to be an agent of healing. He was anointed to heal. He was sent by the Father to heal, and Jesus did, in fact, heal. I want you to write down these three methods of Jesus' healing, three ways that Jesus healed. First of all, he healed with his hands. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1, 2, and 3, when Jesus came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched the leper and said, I will be clean. And immediately, the Bible says, the leper was clean. His leprosy was cleansed. Immediately. I, I like when God does the immediate I like how many like when the immediate answer comes. But how many are like me and you mostly have to wait on the answer? More times than not, God is going to have us wait on the answer. But there are those times when God does the immediate still to this day. Immediately this leper was cleansed. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched a leper. Can you imagine? Remember lepers were unclean. They were to be separated. They weren't to mingle with everyone else because leprosy was highly contagious. And you could, you could contract leprosy from others. 
and it's an uncurable disease. There are, there are those who the leprosy will go dormant, but still they, these people most likely have uh, loss of, of toes or fingers or, or their nose or ears or something like that because that's how leprosy works. Jesus didn't care about that. He just reached out with his hand and he touched the leper and the leper was cleansed. I like that it said, Jesus said, I will be clean. Isn't that simple? Four words. He said, if you're willing, you could make me clean. And what did Jesus say? I, I will be clean. I want to tell somebody today that Jesus is still willing. I want to bring you some hope today. Jesus is still willing to heal. Let your faith out. Dare to hope and believe that you could be healed. I have, I have the faith to offer healing from Jesus because I know I'm not the one who heals. He's still willing to heal today. He said, I will. And the leper was clean. You see, his hands were filled with healing. Jesus' hands were anointed to heal. This is one method that I see throughout Scripture, Jesus healing with his hands. Another method that I see in Scripture, Jesus healing with his words. He healed with his words. We see this in Mark chapter 10, starting there at verse 46. Mark 10, 46. And they came to Jericho, Jesus and his disciples. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a great crowd followed. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't care what anybody thought. In fact, there were those around who didn't really like Bartimaeus hollering out like that. And they said, hush up, shut up. They, many rebuked, look at this, verse number 48. Many rebuked him, telling him, be silent. Now, they've cleaned it up a little bit, but basically they're telling him, shut up. Telling him to be quiet. But what did that do? It just made Bartimaeus cry out all the more. Son of David! <laughs> he didn't want to miss the moment. He didn't want Jesus to pass him by and him not have the opportunity for Jesus to heal him. He cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, watch this, stopped. It got Jesus' attention. The cry of the one hurting Jesus heard this. He stopped and he said, call him to me. And they called the blind man and said to him, take heart. Take heart, get up, he is calling you. In other words, this is your lucky day. This is your lucky day. Take heart, get up, Jesus is calling you. And Bartimaeus threw off his cloak and he sprang up from where he was and he came to Jesus. Oh, there's a three-point sermon right there. Verse number 50, remind me to preach that later, Pastor Dave. I'm telling you, that is so powerful right there. I can't do it today, though. Verse 51, Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? 
He asked the leper, what do you want? And the leper said, if you're willing, you could make me clean. He said, I am willing. Boom, be clean. He touched him and he was whole. The the blind Bartimaeus, uh, he's asking him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, teacher, rabbi, let me see. Let me recover my sight. Verse number 52, and Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, somebody say immediately. Hallelujah, here's another instance of Jesus immediately, he says, it says he recovered his sight and followed Jesus on the way. Notice this, Jesus never touched Bartimaeus, right? He touched the leper and the leper was made clean. And we see Jesus touching many people throughout scripture. Here, Jesus simply spoke healing And Bartimaeus was immediately healed. We see Jesus doing this again in Matthew chapter 8. A centurion comes to Jesus. Now, a centurion was a a soldier that had others under him. He was a soldier with some bit of rank. And a centurion soldier comes to Jesus and says, I've heard that you can heal. I have one of my servants who needs healing. You know what Jesus says? I'll come to your house. Jesus said, I'm, he's willing to come to the centurion's house, Sertorius. And I love what the centurion says. Hang on a minute. No, 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 no. I'm not even worthy that you should come under my roof. Look it up later. Matthew chapter 8. It's awesome. I'm not even worthy that you should make the trek. I'm a man of authority. If I say go here, people go here. If I say do this, people do this. If you will simply say to me that my servant is healed, that will be enough. And Jesus not only spoke his word, he sent his word down the road and the servant was healed. Powerful. Powerful. Because Jesus' words were anointed to heal. I also saw this method of Jesus healing. He healed with his hands. He healed with his words. He healed with his presence. Look at Mark chapter 6, verse 53. When they crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. Here's Jesus and his disciples again traveling all over the place. They, they came to land at Gennesaret, and they moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized Jesus, and they ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And whenever he came, in villages, in cities, or in the countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they, watch this, that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched his garment, they were made well. What's absent from Mark 6, 53 through 56 is Jesus not touching anybody. Jesus isn't even talking to anybody. We see him laying hands on the leper, the leper's healed. We see him and hear him speaking to blind Bartimaeus and to the centurion concerning his servant, and both are healed by his word. Here, he's not touching, he's not speaking. 
It's just his very presence that provokes faith to be aroused in people. And they bring their their sick to him so that even just touching his clothing, they might be healed. It reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood in Luke chapter 8. Desperate. Been to every doctor in the region. Been to the uh, specialist, right? Spent all of her money, the Bible tells us. And still, she's bleeding. For a dozen years, this woman is bleeding and won't stop. All the women in the room groaned and moaned over that, I, I would think. Sure. So she's unclean, right? She's not supposed to be mingling around while, while, you're, while, while a woman was on her, her cycle, okay? Could we just talk for a little bit? This is what's going on. It's a cycle, a monthly cycle that turned into 12-year cycle that just she didn't stop bleeding. So usually the woman would, would be confined or restricted, quarantined until her cycle is finished. So for a dozen years, this woman is quarantined, basically, not supposed to mingle with anyone. She hears about somebody who's healing. She knows she's not really supposed to be in church with them. She's not supposed to mingle with people. She gets on her hands and knees and crawls through the crowd and thinks, if I could just get close enough to his being, if I could just get close enough to his presence, if I could even just touch the bottom of his robe, maybe, maybe. She presses through through the crowd. Jesus doesn't even know she's there. He, he doesn't talk to her, not, not when she's initially healed because he didn't even know she's there. But he says something curious in Luke chapter 8. Again, read this for yourself maybe later this afternoon. He says, he just stops and he says, who touched me? Peter says, what do you mean, master? Everybody's touching you. There's so many people here. We're being pushed on every side. I touched you. John touched you. Who knows who all touched you? Everybody wants to touch you. He said, no, no, no. Somebody touched me in faith, and virtue came forth from me. Healing came out of my very being. I want to know who touched me. Finally, the woman had to confess, and she said, it was me. I've been bleeding for 12 years. I heard about you, and I wanted to see if I could just get close enough to your presence that I would be made whole. And he said, daughter, your faith has healed you today. Just being in his very presence, hallelujah, brought quickening and healing and virtue to this woman. Could I take it to, to fifth gear for us here before we leave out of here? Yeah, Jesus was an agent of healing, but what about you? What about me? I believe we also are to be agents of healing. Pastor Moses did an amazing job of preaching last Sunday, Pastor Alleman. Can I just say how proud we are of your son, honestly. You have done an amazing job, Pastor Alleman and Sister Alleman. We love Pastor Moses and Jamie. Your son is just a, a gift to our church. He preached last week. I encourage you, watch that online. 
I know you were with family and you weren't able to be here. I know you would have wanted to be here. But he preached last week and just did an amazing job encouraging us about the same power that, that raised Christ from the, from the dead. It dwells in us, and so it should quicken our mortal bodies. Hallelujah. Jesus sent his disciples out, and part of the commissioning was to be agents of healing. Uh, he, Pastor Moses used this scripture. He referenced this scripture. That's what made me think of him. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. As Jesus commissioned his disciples out and sent them out for ministry, he said, Proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse number 8, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. You've received without paying, give without pay. You say, well, that's all, all fine and good, Pastor Steve, but that's, that's the 12, right? That's, that's God's or Jesus' hand-picked disciples. Well, let me tell you something. Peter was crucified upside down, and he died. James was beheaded. Well, he died. Paul was isolated to the Isle of Patmos, and ultimately, guess what? He died. These disciples who were commissioned in that day fulfilled that commission, but they died. Now I'm his disciple. Now you're his disciple. We are the modern-day disciples. A disciple is simply a follower of Christ. How many followers of Christ in the room? Don't let it... Don't let it freak you out. You're a follower of Christ. Dora's been a month or so, right? You're a follower of Christ, sis. Amen. I, you better get out of her way. I'm just telling you, she's going to do some things. I can just tell that. She is. No, no question about it. So we're the disciples today, and we're being commissioned, and we're to heal the sick. Remember, Jesus is the healer. We're simply agents of healing. The vessel, the conduit. Where's the electri electricity gonna, coming from, right? There's a source of electricity, and it comes out of the receptacle, right? From the source to the receptacle, there is a flow of the current of electricity. It's called a conduit. God is the source of, healer, of, of healing, and somebody out here needs that healing, and all we are, are is we are the conduit. We are the vessel that God can fill so he can what? Spill. That's right. God wants to fill us so he can spill us. We want to be like a sponge that soak in all that we can of God and then have the hand of God squeeze us out on somebody who needs it. He's the healer. Don't ever forget it. People need healing. We are that middle man. We are to be the agents of healing, going out, healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing lepers, casting out demons. Hallelujah. Look at your hands for a minute. <clears throat> Look at your hands. Somebody just thought, I knew I should have got a manicure before church. Don't look at that. Somebody else saying, look at all those calluses. Don't look at that. Stay focused. Just look at your hands for a minute. You've got to get this. 
God wants to anoint your hands to heal. <laughs> Why not? I mean, after all, Mark 16, 18 tells us they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I've seen this happen many times. Now, that's part maybe of the mantle and the role that comes with a pastor. I, I hope so. I would like to think it should. Pastors should be laying hands on sick people and they ought to be healed. God's the healer. But I have nothing to lose by laying my hands on you and asking God to heal you. But it can't just be the pastor and the elders. Come on, somebody. Look at your hands again. Imagine. Imagine God using your hands. Can you imagine God anointing your hands so they reach out and help somebody? Hmm. You feel that? You feel that? Somebody just helped you right up. Man, I love you, Reuben. I want my hands to not just lay hands on you and pray like that. I, I want my hand in your hand like this. Like this. I want to help you when you're down. I want to help you, Bree. You know what? You two are so special to us. We are so glad God sent you to us, and that's how we feel. We feel like God sent you to us. And I want my hands to reach out and pat you on the back when you're doing a good job, right? To lift you up when you're down. Keep you on the straight and narrow when you start straying, right? Come on, somebody. Look at your hands again. What if God would put something in your hand that you could offer to somebody in need. <laughs> People need, they need our hands. Our hands could be the extended hand of Christ. We used to sing, oh, to be your hand extended. How many remember that? Reaching out to the oppressed. It's more than just laying our hands on the sick and anointing them with oil and praying the prayer of faith. James tells us we can do this. I think that's part of it. Absolutely. But it's also getting your hands dirty. How about healing coming by, let's say, repairing a lady's fence who's about to be fined because she doesn't have any money? Oh, wait a minute. We just did that two weeks ago handful of men and a few ladies, I understand, came together and let healing come out of their hands by repairing a fence. God wants to anoint our hands to heal. How about the Lord anointing our words to heal? I wonder, could we look at this for a little bit? Can we talk about this for a little bit? Think of all the inappropriateness that comes out of mouths. We hear all kinds of things, don't we? We're bombarded. Some of y'all are bombarded. I'm in a 
Christian environment every day, so I rarely hear inappropriate. <laughs> Never mind. But every now and then, Pastor Moses, I'm just telling you, he's not here so I can pick on him. <laughs> but you're out there in it every day, I understand, and all that we hear coming out of mouths. But wait a minute, maybe we ought to shine the, the, the light on, on ourselves. Maybe we ought to look in the mirror long and hard. What about what's coming out of our mouths? Maybe it's because your words haven't really been anointed by God. They're very worldly, very fleshly, very selfish. If we don't keep ourselves in check, that selfish nature, it's going to come out. And it comes out through our words. It comes out through our actions. God wants to anoint our words to heal. You know, our words already have power. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 15, 23 tells us a man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. Somebody say due season. Oh, I love this. A word spoken in due season. How good is it? Anybody ever just encourage you at the exact right moment that you needed to be encouraged? Has anybody ever had someone actually prophesy to you and say, thus says the Lord? Let me see your hand if anybody's ever prophesied to you. And that prophecy actually came about and was fulfilled. It was accurate. Let me see your hand one more time. I, wanna, I, I just want to take a, a bit of a survey here if anybody's received a prophecy from someone. Powerful. Anybody ever been prophesied to? <laughs> Now, this is just as important, maybe more so. Come on, has anybody had somebody tell you, the Lord wants me to tell you this, and it was so off base? We have to, we have to weigh all this out. Amen. I believe in God using our words, but we have to also weigh it all out. I'm not going to say that everybody that's spoken to me that it didn't come to pass, that was of the devil. Sometimes it's just a well-meaning human being that thought they knew something and heard something, and it didn't turn out that way. It's all right. I just moved on, right? I didn't get stuck there. And I'll say this. I don't, I don't camp out on somebody's prophecy either. A prophecy should just be an ongoing confirmation of what you're already sensing and what your spouse, if you're married, is already, or what your pastor is kind of telling. It should just be a confirmation of what God's already doing. Don't set up your camp and don't set up your tent on somebody's prophecy and just wait and wait and wait. You just nod your head and you keep moving and letting God use you. And you'll look back and you'll say, sure enough, she was right on target. Or they missed the mark and you still go on. But that due season, Karen, I'm telling you, this scripture just came alive in me. Proverbs 15, 
23. Could you just bring it up one more time? It's so good. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season. Hallelujah. You see, you never know what someone's season is. You don't know what season they're coming out of. You don't know the season that they're in right now. You don't know the season that they're about to enter. And imagine God anointing your words and speaking a word to them in their due season. That's what I love about Mickey Stephen right here. She will let the anointing of God come on her, and she will tell me, and she's told numerous people in this church, the Lord wants me to tell you, and she's usually shaking me back and forth like this when she tells me, but I don't mind because she's just letting the Lord use her and use her words to encourage. It's awesome. She gets all fired up, and she gets to hooping and hollering. Some people get nervous. I don't get nervous. It doesn't bother me at all. I need a word from God. I need somebody. God sends somebody who will be an agent of your healing, whose words would be anointed to carry and pour healing into my life. Imagine God using your words to calm a volatile situation. God anointing your words to change someone's perspective. Imagine God anointing your words to speak peace to someone's storm. And to declare, God is our healer. Imagine your words being anointed to heal. So here we are with our part to play and us being an agent of healing. God anointing our hands. Some of y'all can get with that. God anointing our words. Some of y'all still with me. But what about, what about this? God anointing our presence to bring healing. Stay with me. You might be thinking, well, Jesus was Jesus. And of course, people are going to be healed in his presence. You might even concede to the disciples. See, they brought out the sick, and the Bible says that Peter's shadow brought healing to people. You can read that for yourself. That's in the book of Acts. Peter's shadow. Okay, well, that's Peter, right? You have to see your very presence possibly bringing healing to someone. Remember, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're carrying around the Holy Spirit. He's dwelling in us, or he wants to at least. <laughs> I think he visits some people, but there's another sermon. My, my, remind me to preach that one later. I think if we just think what Jesus said in Isaiah 61, 1, the, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. We'll just stop there. To anoint is to rub or smear. That's what the word anoint translates. To anoint is to rub or to smear. 
I want you to think of lotion, putting lotion in your hand. Then you rub that on your hands. Or if you're like me and you shave your head on Sunday morning, you rub it on your head. I anointed my head with, with lotion today. I really did, right? That's, that's to anoint. Now, I, I want you to see this picture because I want you to imagine God putting his ability on his hand like lotion. Only it's just his ability and then God reaching down, Chris, you're going to be so anointed tonight, my friend. As you open your mouth, God's going to anoint your words. I'm just telling you right now. Your words are going to be anointed. God reaching down his big, strong hands and just rubbing that ability on you. On you. Because the Lord has anointed me. Don't get full of yourself either. It's never about me. It's always about him. <laughs> you lay hands on somebody and they get healed, you go, whoa. Look at that. I think I'm going to try that again. And all at once it becomes about you. It's never supposed to be about you. It's not about me. It's always about him. It's always supposed to be for his glory and for his honor. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Spirit of God is in me, taking residence in me, but it is upon me, Omar, because he's anointed me. Amen. Thank you, Joe. He's right there on the edge of his seat, just like a dog to a bone, sick him. Amen. Wants me to preach. I love this young man right here. Mm. Just, just your presence, honestly, just your presence should make a difference. The La Palma Police Department patrol our parking lot at night from time to time. And more than once, I've gotten up around midnight, one or two in the morning to get a drink or just can't sleep. And so I go out and I peer through the kitchen window, the dining area window, and I've seen La Palma Police just making around in our parking lot. And honestly, just their presence does something for me. It gives me assurance, gives me peace. It lets me know something. They're looking out for me, and their presence is going to change the entire atmosphere of our property. Because if anybody was up to something, and they see the La, pa La Palma police at uh, their presence, they're going, they're going to change, right? They're going to change what they're doing. I was at the Buena Park Mall recently, and we had to get, uh, I think it was Elliot's car, uh, something tuned up. I don't know. But we were there at the Sears, and we were finished, and we were getting ready to leave, and I get in, in, my, in my car. I start the car, and all at once, I heard a siren, and I saw police lights in my rear view, and it was like blocking me so I couldn't back up. Now, I just got a new vehicle, and I didn't have plates, so I thought, Maybe it's because I'm driving without plates, but I have had the temporary. My mind is racing. I'm thinking, I'm evaluating everything in my life. What have I done wrong? Why, what am I, I'm going to get a ticket, and I don't even know what for. And I'm just, I'm, my heart just started beating, right? Just the presence of this police officer changed my perspective. It changed everything. So I'm looking through the rearview mirror, and then I see somebody I know. It was Mark Morrison. 
get out of the car, he said, hey, I just want, I didn't want you to leave without me saying hi to you. I said, what? You're going to turn on your lights and your siren to get my attention? Couldn't you have honked your horn or something? I started, I started sweating, thinking, what have I done? But just his presence changed my thinking. Follow this. I wonder when you enter the room, does it, does it say anything? Do they say, oh, you've got to hear this latest joke, even though it's completely inappropriate. They know you'll like it. They know you'll laugh. Or do they just stop telling the joke mid-joke because you've entered the room? Just your presence. You didn't say a word. You know how many people are going to be desperate that are in your world at, at many, many times throughout their life? They're going to need you. They're going to hope you walk into the break room. Just your presence might change the atmosphere, and I believe it should. I believe God wants to anoint our very being to change the atmosphere in our homes, to improve the environment where we work, to alter the actions of others. Imagine God anointing your very being to impact others. I want you to bow your heads today as I close. Agents of healing. God is our healer. And we believe here at La Palma that he still heals. But he's looking for those that he can pour his healing through. If you're here today and you want God to anoint you, so that you can be that agent of healing, carrying this to those in your world who are hurting. If this is you, I want you to stand right where you are. All those who desire God to use you to bring healing to someone, please stand. Please stand. Now, if you're standing, I just want you to cup your hands to the Lord, and we're going to pray that God would anoint our hands. Hallelujah. Father, I do pray that your anointing would come upon our hands, that we would be your hand extended, reaching out to the hurting, those who are downcast, those who are diseased. Use my hands, God. Use our hands, Master. God, we pray for our words today. That every word we speak, let it be anointed by you. Full of healing. Full of peace. May we not speak inappropriately, God. May our words be used to build up and not tear down. To declare your goodness to speak your word, to offer you praise. God, anoint my words. And God, we pray for our very being, our our person, our body. Let your anointing come on us, Lord, from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. 
and as we are directed by your spirit, we would take that anointing everywhere we go. People who are hurting, people who need to be healed. God, anoint me. Anoint me, Lord. Now let me ask, if you're here today and you need healing, I want you to come now and stand across this front. Quickly, all those who need healing, come now. God is going to anoint us. We're believing that he has already anointed us. Come and let us pray for you that you would be healed. Anointing falls, anointing falls on me. Yes, Lord. many who have responded today in need of God's healing. Now, church, I'm calling you. We've asked God to anoint our hands, anoint our words. I'm calling you to now come and pray for healing for our friends here today, our family here today. I'd like ladies with ladies, men with men, but I want you to come, church. Find someone that you could agree in prayer with just begin to pray over them. Let God use you today. Remember, you're an agent of healing. You're an agent of healing. You might need to come around. There's several in the front. Come on, church. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Don't assume somebody else. I've got many, many people. I need you to come and help me, please. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your healing, God. Come on, just begin to declare God's healing. Lay your hands on the sick. God said we could do this and they would be healed. Hallelujah. We speak peace, be still in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God for your healing power, your ability, God, to heal us, which is so great.
There's power in the blood of Jesus to break every chain, to break every chain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There will be no formal dismissal. If you have to slip out, God bless you, but we're going to linger around this altar and just continue to pray. Again, to all of our guests, we want you to come by our welcome center. We have a gift for you today. God bless you. Please stay in and help me pray with the people today, those of you who can. Something powerful is happening at this altar. People are being freed today. People are being delivered today. Hallelujah. Chains. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. 